Welcome to Coaching for Creatives with Kirsten. My name is Kirsten Call. I'm a therapist-trained life coach and a children's book author. Together, we'll get the drama out of our lives and onto the page. Let's get started. You are listening to Episode 10, Failure Ahead of Time. Have you ever noticed yourself hesitating to try something because you might fail? Maybe you choose not to try out for a play because you might not make it. Maybe you choose not to submit a manuscript on the off chance you'll get a rejection (laughs) or what you think is the certainty that you'll get a rejection. Perhaps you avoid talking to people at a networking event because it's possible they might not like you. They may even reject your offer of friendship. Does any of this sound familiar? It should. It's totally normal to feel afraid to try something because you aren't certain you'll succeed. Self-sabotage is completely normal. For some reason, our brains think it's safer to not put ourselves in danger of failing. When we do this, we are failing ahead of time. You don't try out for the choir, then you failed ahead of time because you can't make the choir if you don't even try out. You don't hit send on your manuscript, then you failed ahead of time because no editor can give you an offer on a book they have never seen. You don't join the neighborhood get-together, then you are failing in friendships ahead of time. You can't get to know and make friendships with people you never spend any time with. I've noticed this in my life where I've taken the plunge and where I haven't, where I failed ahead of time by not even trying. This may sound silly, but my kids want me to try a video game and I flat out refused. First of all, I'm not interested in video games. And frankly, I know I'll be terrible at it. My refusal to even try is just one way of failing ahead of time. I don't actually know I'll fail. It's even possible I could maybe like the game. (laughs) This is one instance where I'm failing ahead of time by refusing to try. And now I may have to try after making this failure public. (laughs) I've also taken the plunge and failed, even though I have tried. This happened to me in high school. I tried out for an elite choir and missed the cutoff by one point. I was devastated. But I was also glad I tried. Otherwise, I would have been wondering about the outcome. In this case, I didn't fail ahead of time. And although not making the choir was a huge failure, in my opinion, back then, now I would argue my experience of not making the choir made me a more empathetic person. Therefore, not a failure, right? I've also taken the plunge and succeeded. One of these times was another choral audition moment where my husband and I tried out for a professional choir together. We almost failed ahead of time. We almost decided we weren't good enough. We almost chose not to try out. But we did try out, and we made it, and it was one of our happiest shared experiences. Another time, I took the plunge and almost failed. But with the help of my dad, I succeeded. As an eighth grader, I pumped my arms, staring at the backs of two long-legged running goddesses who were at least three yards ahead of me. Probably more. If I don't come in first or second place, I won't qualify for states. And if I don't qualify for states, then why all the training and the sweating and the running? I strain forward, my thoughts racing faster than my legs, unfortunately. Maybe it's time to admit I don't have the talent or the work ethic or the ability to make it to states this year. There's no way I'm going to win this race. Those are my failing ahead of time thoughts, right? As I lag behind, watching my dreams slip through my fingers, I hear a voice. Go, Kirsty, you can do this. The voice gets louder and clearer, and out of the corner of my eye, on the inside of the track, I see my dad. 
Somehow, he has gotten past all the track coaches and track parents and rules of the race, and there he is, inside the track. His cheering grows louder, and I realize Dad is running right beside me. This is my dad, who is in his 40s and clearly too old to run this fast. He's running with me in perfect synchronicity. And not only is he keeping up with me, he's pulling ahead of me. You can do this, Kirstie. Move those legs faster, faster. A surge of energy fills me. It's as if dad's words give me the ability to fly. And it's not about my fatigue or the physicality of the race or my stamina or even about winning anymore. And also, strangely, I'm not embarrassed my four-year-old dad can beat me or that he is running next to me. I feel his love fill me with light. This love lifts me, and I know if he believes I can win this race, I can win this race. I only have 100 yards left. I sprint, feet pounding the track, and with each step, I inch closer to the girls ahead of me. Dad's voice rings out, Go, Kirstie! A beacon of hope, pushing me faster. As I pass one of the girls, the tension in my shoulders releases. I only need to come in second place to make the finals. I don't even have to try anymore. But dad is still running beside me and cheering. Kirstie, go. I know the race isn't over yet. With one last surge of speed, I shoot farther ahead of the first girl. The crowd cheers. My upper body strains forward. First, my arms cross the finish line. Then my torso. Then my knees. The crowd goes wild. And then I make the race even more interesting. I fall right over the finish line. The crowd's cheers transform into a worried, oh, <laughs> then silence. <laughs> I pull myself up with the help of dad, who never left my side. My bloody knee stings, and the thrill of my win is replaced by the heat of embarrassment for just a moment. When dad hugs me, I realize I've won a race I never could have won without his help. So when I face the decision of finding myself leaning towards failing ahead of time, I ask myself two questions. The first one is, what's the worst thing that can happen if I take a leap of faith and just go for it? If I'm considering submitting work to my agent, the worst thing that can happen is she hates the book and refuses to send it to editors. So the worst thing that can happen is the book doesn't get published. That result is exactly the same as what will happen if I never show her the work at all. The book won't get published. I just failed epically ahead of time by failing to press send. The other question I like to ask myself when my brain tries to sabotage me and make me think inaction is better than action is, what's the best thing that can happen? In this case, if I send my work to my agent, the best thing that can happen is for her to adore the manuscript, send it out to editors immediately, and for multiple editors to give me offers on the book as soon as possible. So the book is published. That's the best case scenario. And all I have to do is press send. Now failing ahead of time seems silly, right? When we choose inaction instead of action, we are choosing to fail ahead of time. So how do we stop ourselves from self-sabotaging? First, be metacognitive. Catch yourself when you start thinking there's no use in submitting my story. No one will want it anyway. Our brains are very wily. They will tell us those sentences in our minds are the truth, not just words that are making up an untrue story. 
once you notice you are thinking some of those failure ahead of time thoughts, stop yourself. Break the cycle. Weaken the neural pathway your brain has so loved repeating. Be intentional. Remind yourself you are exactly where you're supposed to be on your creative journey. Breathe in. Breathe out. Press send on your manuscript. And press send again. And press send again. Your future self will thank you. Until next time, keep smiling. If you like what you've heard, check out my Get Yourself Unstuck program. Go to kirstencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and schedule a free consultation today. Coaching for Creatives is produced by Kirsten Call. Music and audio engineering by James Call.